Hello and welcome to Pause Pop, positively pop culture, where we talk about things we love enthusiastically and without guilt. I'm KW Taylor. And I'm Carrie Gessner. And today we're discussing the new Netflix version of Jane Austen's Persuasion, the Apple Plus series Ted Lasso, and also the phenomenon of musical earworms. And that one may not be something we love, but it's <laughs> I think it speaks to loving music and then wanting to keep loving music by not ruining it. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. That's that's a good point. <laughs> yes. Well, first of all, maybe we should give a little disclaimer that there are there are loud <laughs> things going on outside each of our apartments. So. Yes, yes. We it's trash day. It's squirrel squirrel nut hunting season, <laughs> and there's lots of construction. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just bear with us here. <laughs> so sorry about that. Yes. Yes. But what made you think of earworms this week? Because I have been like, sometimes it keeps me awake at night lately. Oh, no. Various songs. And to to define this, if our audience is not familiar, an earworm is just any kind of piece of music, either a part of a song or a little piece of music that just gets stuck in your head and you can't get rid of it. And it's really, really hard. And it can start to ruin the song, even if it was something you liked. So... I have a couple going right now, one of which is a real song that's like a good song that I like called Rage by the Scobby and Dirty Heads featuring Travis Barker and Amy Interrupter. And that's a great song. Like, it's good. And if I'm trying to get rid of it, I just listen to it and I'm fine. Okay. But it is, as the more I talk about it, it's like in there right now and <laughs> not super pleasant. And then the other one is the theme song of an obscure 80s sitcom called <laughs> Down to Earth about a flapper ghost. I may have mentioned this to you before. Oh, my gosh. And it's because I – okay, so Kyle Richards, who is one of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, was on it as a teenager. And I randomly looked up the theme song on YouTube because I did used to watch it when it was on, but I was pretty little and I don't remember it very much. So I deliberately watched the theme song on purpose, and then it's not left me, gotcha. and it's very catchy, and it's super annoying, and it's not the kind of thing I want to re-listen to to get rid of, but I don't <laughs> even think that works. So does this ever happen to you? Uh, um, Yeah, but I don't think it's happened in a while, or okay. like, I'll I'll get one line of a song, and usually it's a song that I don't know that well, so... The thing that I've heard to get rid of it is you have to finish the song. Mm -hmm. But when it's a song you don't know that well, <laughs> I'm like, oh, wait. <laughs> but I'm usually all over the place enough that that like I can start a conversation or go watch a TV show or something and then it's gone. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like my brain moves on very quickly. <laughs> Good. Oh, my gosh. I wish I wish I could do that. Yeah, sorry. That's okay. So, yeah, this morning I looked up. I found an article from earlier this year on mental floss trying to help you get rid of it according to science. And their advice was listen to the entire song. And that's okay. exactly what you said. Like if you're it's a part of the song and you don't know it, just listen to the whole thing and maybe that'll shake it out. They also recommend listening to what they call a cure tune, which is songs that are supposedly able to get other earworms out of your head. And the ones they mention happy birthday god save the queen <laughs> the theme from the a team which i don't understand that one oh wait is that the is that it 
I think so, yeah. <laughs> I can kind of see that. Yeah. Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel, which has a similar kind of driving beat. Cashmere by Led Zeppelin, which I admit I'm not familiar with. And Karma Chameleon by Culture Club, which I can see because it's very bouncy and whatever. And that these kinds of songs, for some reason, it's something about their beat or the way they're constructed, they don't make themselves earworms themselves. Hmm. So you could listen to Happy Birthday or something and it would get your ear earworm out and not make you think of Happy Birthday. Okay. They say to multitask, which that I've been trying that. I've even had the earworm while listening to other music. It's just not working for me. Chew gum oh. because there's something about the mechanism of your ear and your jaw together so that's kind of going to be my next thing to try today <laughs> but then i hate their fifth piece of advice which is just leave it alone because it's fine it's not that unpleasant <laughs> look you don't know the down to earth theme song so it is i can say it is actively unpleasant so <laughs> i'm gonna have to look this up don't oh my gosh you're gonna be so sorry <laughs> our listeners should not look this up i think it's haunted i think it's oh, haunted man. so don't. I'm going to listen to the to the Dirty Head song, and maybe maybe if I can make that my only earworm, that'll be an improvement. So, right. well, good good luck with that. Thank you. Oh my gosh, I love music so much. It just ugh, not when it's haunting me. So yeah, yeah. I think I think this proves that there can be a downside to your interests. And even a downside to curiosity, because if I hadn't been curious, this would not have happened. So so even listening to other music doesn't make it go away. No. That's so interesting. I was acting, well, okay, I was doing work this morning. I like to listen to instrumental music while I work. So I was listening to like some new age kind of bland, like ambient music. Mm -hmm. I was still hearing the other song on top of it. Wow. So maybe I lean to listen to some like, even if I listen to instrumental, it needs to be more melodic and like livelier or something. So yeah. maybe I'll listen to some jazz or something. Okay. Report back. I will. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to slightly more pleasant things. And audience, if you have a, a foolproof way to get rid of earworms, please email or tweet at us. Let her know. She's suffering. I'm suffering. <laughs> But uh, yeah, to completely switch gears, I I've heard very polarized, uh, I don't know, like controversial takes yeah. on this movie. So tell me all about, I have not watched it yet. I was waiting to hear you talk about it to see if I should or not. Okay. So. Oh man, I, that's a lot of pressure. <laughs> we are talking about the Netflix adaptation of Persuasion, which is a Jane Austen book. And it was, it was directed by Carrie Cracknell and it stars Dakota Johnson, who I think is a winning actress. Like I always enjoy her characters. I feel like she's charming. Mm -hmm. I like her. Yeah. So I never, I never saw the Fifty Shades movies, but I like her in other things. <laughs> I haven't seen that either, those either. No. <laughs> I don't know if it extends to those movies, but <laughs> probably not. <laughs> so. Yeah, um, hmm, this came out in July, and mm -hmm. people were excited about it at first, <laughs> but then the, when they released the trailer, people were very upset, because it's a sort of modernized take on it, even though it still takes place in, you know, the early 1800s or late 1700s. Mm -hmm. So if you're not familiar with the book... 
it's it's a wonderful book it's i think it's my favorite jane austen and that's saying something because pride and prejudice is very good (laughs) (laughs) and sense sensibility is really good so persuasion is about anne elliott who comes from a wealthy family and she and frederick wentworth are a thing but her friend lady russell persuades Anne to give him up when they're younger because he's he doesn't have a fortune Mm -hmm. and then fast forward seven or eight years and her dad her dad and her older sister are just sort of flighty and they're really interested in reputation and looks and everything and basically he squanders their money so they're going to move to Bath and rent out their house. And they rent it out to, sorry, I can't, the na- the names. <laughs> <laughs> they rent it out to a, ca- a sea captain and his wife turns out to be Frederick's sister. Oh, okay. So Frederick comes back into her life and he is, he's a captain now, Captain Wentworth. And, um, I don't I don't know the history all too well, but because of the Napoleonic Wars and I guess sailors could like capture the 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 gold and the wealth on other ships. Um he's he's much wealthier now. Uh-huh. So he's seen as a better match. So he comes back into her life and is determined to not pay attention to her, not, you know, give her the time of day. And she's embarrassed because, you know, she gave him up and she still loves him. And she's kind of made it nowhere in her life. She lives for her family and her family always undervalues her. So she's very upset. Well, not upset. Like, I think she wants to see him, but she's also like, oh, my God, I can't believe he's seeing me like this. So there's that sort of struggle. And it's just a beautiful story about reuniting with someone that you love mm-hmm. and letting go of past hurts and all of that stuff. So it's a lovely story. There have been multiple adaptations of it before that are very true to the book. And I think, okay, so I am someone who doesn't need the adaptation to be exactly like the book. Mm-hmm. I think movies and television are different enough media that if you make it exactly like the book it's actually kind of boring Mm -hmm. and doesn't work as well so i like when they change things that said (laughs) (laughs) that said i think they didn't quite know what they were going for here Mm. they really modernized Anne. they modernized a lot of the language I think it's actually, I had a lot of fun watching this. I liked it a lot. I think Dakota Johnson was perfect choice for the, for the lead. But the criticisms that I hear are that her character isn't really like the, the book Anne Elliot. Like the book Anne Elliot is more reserved and introspective and stuff like that. I, I saw a lot of, comments that they like lizzie benneted her oh it just made her like more girl power and blah 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 and like in your face a little bit and stuff Mm -hmm. 
I I honestly think it works if you remove yourself a little bit from the book. Mm-hmm. She does that breaking the fourth wall thing, which, <laughs> which I'm getting more used to now. Uh-huh. I used to sort of hate it, but I think I think for this it really works because she is sort of a a solitary character. She doesn't have a lot of people to to confide in because her sisters sort of take her for granted and her best friend Lady Russell is great, but I think that relationship cooled a little bit after Lady Russell persuaded her to give up Frederick. So she really doesn't have anyone to confide in. And in the book that works because, you know, it's a book and you can read her internal thoughts. Mm -hmm. But in a movie, that doesn't always work so well. So they have her address the camera directly. And I kind of liked it. And she Mm -hmm. is a lot livelier than, than the book character. But the device of breaking the fourth wall is sort of a good way to show that she's her internal life is a little bit different than what she shows everyone else. You know, she mm. she's usually more reserved with everyone else. She's a little bit silly with, you know, her nephews and stuff like that. But I thought I thought I thought it works. And mm-hmm. I know not everyone did. This has like a thirty one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, oh wow! I know, which I feel bad about, but I don't. I don't know. Does it sound interesting to you? It does. Are you someone who likes adaptations to be faithful? Um, I used to be really... It depends. It depends. Okay. I. It depends how closely and interested I am in the source material. I got very persnickety about the way that the Harry Potter movies were adapted <laughs> okay. after the first one, but now that I'm not actively in the Harry Potter fandom. I'm not <laughs> as worried about that. Yeah. I like Jane Austen, but I'm not a super fan. So okay. I've never actually read Persuasion, actually. Oh. So maybe I would be totally fine with it. I think it just kind of depends. I think you might be, yeah. Yeah. I remember one of my, one of the one movie I really like that I am almost embarrassed that I like is Dances with Wolves because I know <laughs> it's problematic, but it's a really pretty film. And when I read the book I thought it was a little lifeless and dull, and I liked that they injected more life into it. Mm-hmm. But I also got disappointed that there were some explanatory things that made things make more sense that they didn't include in the movie. Gotcha. So I think it's it almost doesn't bother me if I if I read the book later, but if yeah. I have read the book before and love it, I get a little. I don't know. It's hard. <laughs> it it's hard. hard. Yeah, and I yeah. think I think it's really hard when it's been adapted before mm-hmm. because you don't want to do the same thing as came before. There was a TV version in 2007, which I really mm-hmm. like with Sally Hawkins and Rupert Penry Jones, but it's also like 90 minutes because it was designed to fit in a two hour time slot. Mm-hmm. And there's one from 1995 that is good, but also like I didn't love it. And mm-hmm. I think I maybe was a little bit too young when I watched it. I was just like, this is kind of boring. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so I admire that she wanted to do something different. Mm-hmm. I think it is dangerous to play with the Jane Austen fandom. <laughs> yeah, they get a little serious. 
Yeah. I feel like I'm a little bit more invested in Shakespeare. Okay. If you want to talk about older works. And Shakespeare, if you can call him having a fandom, they like stuff to get weird, I think. Yeah, I think Because so. otherwise, these are so staid and you're so familiar with it. So you got to do something different. Right. Although I remember the... We talked about this before. The Ethan Hawke Hamlet is a little too different and stupid. <laughs> but you've got to mix it up, you know. Yes. Um, so I think that as we get farther away from some of these things, that being a little irreverent with the source material should be fine. And I think they were probably inspired by Bridgerton yes. being a little bit modern. Yeah. Not quite as modern as this, it sounds like, but still a little more modern. Yeah. And it worked for me. Obviously, it did not work for everyone. Mm-hmm. Before we move on, I just want to give a quick rundown of some cast members, if that's okay. Sure. Because the cast is pretty stacked. (laughs) (laughs) So Cosmo Jarvis stars as Frederick. Henry Golding is Mr. William Elliott. Lady Russell is played by Nikki Amuka Bird. Her younger sister Mary is played by Mia McKenna Bruce. And her husband, Charles Musgrove, is played by Ben Bailey. I really liked him. I thought he was really good. Mm. And Sir Walter Elliot, her dad, is played by Richard E. Grant. Oh, hey. I like him. Yeah, he's he's fun. Cool. But yeah, I enjoyed this. I think I am the only person in the world. <laughs> no, no, no. I have seen on social media other people being either fine with it or actively liking it. So okay. I don't think you're... I don't think you're alone. You're in that 30%. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think I did tweet something in favor of it. And I got like 30 likes. So there you go. That was viral for me, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, so so you and I have both been sort of watching Mm -hmm. the Apple TV comedy, Ted Lasso. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is much more critically acclaimed, by the way. This is pretty universally loved. <laughs> and I, yeah, It's okay to like things that are not critically acclaimed, and it's okay to like things that are. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, but this just won a bunch of Emmys. It did. And I think because people kept going on and on and on about it, I was really scared to start it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Like, I was like, it's going to not live up to it. And... I'm not done with it. Are you done with it now? No. Did you finish actually, it? No. Okay. I still have a couple of episodes to go. I was kind of slowing down because season three is not like they're still in pre-production or something. So I've okay. been like, oh, if I finish it, then I'm going to have to wait forever for season three. Yeah. But why don't you give us a little bit of the setup and then we'll kind of get into more detail. Okay. Yeah. So this centers around Ted Lasso played by Jason Sudeikis, who is an American football high school coach, I think, or college, something like that. And he gets hired to coach a British football team, so soccer. (laughs) (laughs) And the team is owned by uh, Rebecca Welton, who's played by Hannah Waddingham. And she actively is trying to torch the club basically Mm -hmm. (laughs) which is why she hires him because she thinks he's gonna do a terrible job and like run the club into the ground Mm -hmm. and he comes with his friend coach beard played by brendan hunt who's 
funny. <laughs> I like him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and he comes in and doesn't really... I mean, he's obviously not been told that his job is to be a terrible coach. But he comes over and he's like learning about soccer on the plane, <laughs> on the plane right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like he doesn't really know that much about soccer. Mm-hmm. And he really takes this club who kind of has bad morale and there's like some infighting among the players and i think they they really haven't won too much either mm-hmm. and he sort of injects new life into them he's this um southern guy and he's very positive and upbeat mm-hmm. all the time and he hangs like a little believe poster over his doorway (laughs) (laughs) and he just like inspires the guys and turns everything around and uh it's really it's really sweet actually yeah yeah and it's got little moments of pathos and drama especially as it goes into season two so it gets a little bit more serious at times um as you learn a little bit more about ted and some of his deeper psyche i guess because in season one he's a little surface he's a little just kind of unironic sunshine Mm -hmm. and very bouncy and you get a little bit more character depth and development in season two which i appreciated yeah but i like some of the players and other coaches and some of the other supporting characters i will say i do not like jamie tart played by phil dunster and phil dunster is doing a great job with this role but jamie tart is uh, he's the striker on the team, which is AFC Richmond, and he is very full of himself. He, between seasons, he his character was on like a dating reality show, and I think that goes to his head. And he's just extremely full of himself, and I just can't stand him. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> he's a lot to take. Yeah, yeah, he has a stupid haircut too. I just can't. <laughs> If you're going to be a jerk, at least have a good haircut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Rebecca is great. She's probably mm-hmm. one of my favorite characters. And I also like Roy Kent, who's played by Brett Goldstein, who apparently was one of the writers or something and then went ahead and auditioned for the role. And he's fantastic. Mm-hmm. And he starts as like the older, he's like already in his 40s, the older player who eventually becomes an assistant coach. And he kind of steals... Keely Jones away from Jamie Tart, which I appreciated. <laughs> yeah. Keely Jones was Jamie's girlfriend, played by Juno Temple, and she starts as a model, but she kind of transitions over into being the marketing manager and PR person for the team. And something I love about the show is Keely's friendship with Rebecca. Yeah. It's just so sweet and adorable and positive. And <laughs> like they are so like they couldn't be more different, but they get along really well and they're just really cute together so i love a good rebecca keely friendship scene mm-hmm. they're just great i agree and coach beard is a cipher and very weird <laughs> he's played by brendan hunt brendan hunt co-created the show with jason sudeikis and okay and bill lawrence who used to work on scrubs uh and cougar town and okay. yeah coach beard is just super weird and has a very rich inner life that is only revealed in little flashes <laughs> here and there. Yeah. <laughs> but as a soccer fan, more of a soccer fan than me at least, what like is the soccer element what drew you in or do you like the characters what's working for you? 
Um, I, <laughs> it was not the soccer element. Okay. I like soccer, but I don't really know a lot about it. So mm-hmm. I don't think I would ever see a soccer show and be like, yes, I need to watch that. As opposed mm-hmm. to like a softball show or something or baseball. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I think everyone was just talking about it and I saw it everywhere and I was like, I should watch this, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got through season one really fast. And I Uh slowed down on season two, and I think I just got distracted, but I'm like halfway through it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it took a couple episodes for me to get into it. Uh It sort of got that gentle British humor at times, Uh especially because you've got a lot of oddball characters. Uh Nathan, played by Nick Muhammad, starts as like a a bag boy or something like very very low down and then he becomes like the locker room person i don't know these terms obviously (laughs) (laughs) but he's like really excited about soccer and just like super into it and it's really cute when he gets promoted and then jeremy swift plays higgins i don't i don't actually remember what his job is but (laughs) (laughs) he's like Technically, he's the director of football operations, but I don't even know what that means. I think he's kind of Rebecca's sort of person on the ground because Rebecca is mostly like in her office and kind of doing higher level management stuff. And so Higgins kind of is the more closely aligned team liaison, talks to the coaches a lot more and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, he's pretty funny. He's yeah, he's silly and kind of soft spoken and he loves his wife. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's, just, it's just cute yeah and then tahib jumo plays sam abasanya who is uh, one of the players on the team and i just love him he's like always smiling <laughs> mm-hmm. he's very cute <laughs> yeah. and uh cristo fernandez plays danny rojas who is a new recruit to the team and he also loves football and he runs around and he's just like football is life <laughs> <laughs> so he's got a bunch of quirky characters Mm-hmm. yeah it's cute yeah it's very cute if you're looking for something that is short because these are like half hour episodes mm-hmm. and heartwarming i think this is this is a good show to watch although given the amount of people who watched it everyone listening to this has probably already watched it. probably <laughs> i will say some of the episodes are longer they get a little bit longer okay. in season two into a upwards of 40 45 minutes or so okay but yeah most of them are pretty short and it gets a little edgy at times but it and you don't really need to know much about soccer i mean other than the very very basic stuff of like you're trying to get the ball into the other goal yeah (laughs) but because also like ted doesn't even even into season two he's still not clear on the rules of the game (laughs) and the main thing is just being inspiring because this, this team is like the equivalent of what would be like a minor league baseball team kind of a thing. But in in the UK with soccer, you can technically move into the Premier League. Like you can rise up, unlike how we do baseball here with the minor league is pretty much fixed and the major league is separate and a player can ascend um, or descend. But you don't have your entire team ascending or descending. And I believe that in British football that you, your whole team, if it gets good enough, can kind of rise into the next higher league. 
which is puts a lot of pressure on, right? So yeah, you've got to really work together. It's not about individual players doing well and moving to a different team, which you can do. But but if your whole team starts to really, really do well, you can just kind of go up and up and up. So yeah, that's kind of what they're trying to do. And so working together rather than having individual egos is the big goal that I think Ted has as a coach. Absolutely. Yeah. Can I say something really dumb? Yeah. One thing I don't like uh-huh. is that some of their uniforms are ugly. <laughs> well, yeah, they're... <laughs> I think with with British sports, a lot more of the uniforms and the the stadium stuff is very branded, like they need sponsorships. Yeah. So they end up having some uniforms that are tied to a particular sponsor and that does yeah, they're not they're not cute. But even just the colors. Like, yeah, I don't love this. <laughs> no, I'll tell you something weird though. For some reason, I love the color scheme in the locker room and okay. in the coach's office. It's very like a bright blue and like a bright green. And I don't know. It's very, it's a very happy color scheme to me. But that's me. I don't know. That's fair. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, it's a very well shot show. It's you know, uh, has high production values and whatnot. So yeah, it's fun. As a reminder, if you are interested in watching that, you can find that on Apple Plus, and you can find the latest adaptation of Persuasion on Netflix. And you can find the song Rage by Dirty Heads anywhere you find your music. Please do not look up any other song um, that we have mentioned today. (laughs) But next week, we're going to be talking about more great pop culture stuff, so be sure to join us then. Our theme music is by Joseph McDade. You can find me on Twitter at KW Taylor Writer. And me at Carrie Gessner. And you can find the show on Twitter at Pause Pop Podcast. You can also find our website at positivelypopculture.com. From there, you can find the link to the merch store as well as our email, positivelypopculture at gmail.com. And please rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Stay healthy and safe. And join us next time for another episode of Pause Pop. <laughs> <laughs>